Hi guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits, a Mitch Rap podcast. So how you doing this week, Mike? Hey, I'm good. But I hear you're doing all right. You got the vaccine, shot number one. I am partially vaccinated as of today. Arm's a little sore, but it's not bad. This is your daily PSA that everyone should go get vaccinated when they can. And it's not going to kill you. Did your third eye come in yet? Or are you still waiting on that? Still waiting on that. I'm still waiting on my superpowers. You know, maybe tomorrow I'll wake up. I'll be like Peter Parker can jump on walls or that's a second shit shot from my. Uh, that's the second shot. Hopefully, yeah. it's like radioactive. No, that's the Johnson and Johnson one. <laughs> oh, the single shot <laughs> turns you into Wolverine or something like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, it'd be pretty cool though if you can get a shot that would turn you into Jack Carr. Did you hear his new yeah. podcast? I have not. Yeah, Jack uh, launched Danger Close, and just a few days ago, his first episode dropped, an interview about the Fast and Furious scandal, so pretty interesting, and all his future episodes are going to be you know, interviews with insiders inside military operations and, and things like that, of course, that he is you know, such an expert on, so that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, have to check that out. Maybe we can get him to come on our pod, talk about those insider stuff. Yeah, we're working on it, and he's also got the new book coming out, book number four, so yes. that'd be fun to talk to him about. Definitely. Let's see what we can do. I like that idea. <laughs> That's a good idea. Let's uh, you got any updates that. for us? Yeah, let's, 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 let's touch base with David. Maybe he, maybe he can make something happen. David can make anything happen. He, he's the magic man. Mystery bus, the bus. Well, we've got about... How many days left? 12 or so days left in March as of recording, which means we will be giving away another autographed Vince Flynn book. So if you'd like to help support the podcast, you can simply subscribe, rate, and review us using any platform. Please, Apple Podcasts helps a lot. But if you really want to support us and give back, just visit patreon.com slash Pod. And uh, become a patron, help support us financially, and you'll be entered into our March giveaway. And you'll also get some other perks like Mitrap Pod bookmarks and stickers, as well as a discount code for 25, 25% off a t-shirt. I think we'll make it 25% for yeah, our Yeah, we'll make it 25 Sounds good. You set the price, so. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We're not getting much of anything from it, so. <laughs> All right. uh, One more thing. We are teaming up with Operation Paperback this uh, year. So like Mike just said, when you become a patron, your funds not only will help us cover our costs, but anything after that will be going to give paperbacks to our veterans. And so how many, do you have an update for us, Mike? How many have you sent out? I think we cracked 120, possibly 130 books we already sent out. Oh, nice. That's pretty cool. So yeah, if you guys are interested in doing that, you can help support us do that, or you can just contact us, mitrappod.com, um, and let us know if you're interested in getting involved with Operation Paperback. Nice. Well, Chris, why don't you tell us what we are getting into on today's pod? All right. So last time we started our monthly discussion of Protect and Defend, or monthly book discussion on uh, the Mitrap book, Protect and Defend. Today, we're going to be finishing that up in part two, giving you our breakdown of the second half of the book, going into the winners and losers, our final rating. And uh, as always, 
our heated covers discussion. Cover time. Yes. Got so a riddle you... for you, though. Yes. Before we jump okay. into it, I got a little, little quiz for you. Can you tell me what the number 14 is? It's a magic number. You got any guesses? Number of kills in this book that Mitch has? Oh, probably pretty close. But now a little more exciting than that. The number of times the word nuts or nut <laughs> is referred to. And the other magic number is 12. Every time there is a reference to either the word appendage, organ, penis, or flesh, referring to male genitalia, that magic number would be 12. Uh, there was a lot of male <laughs> genitalia talk in this book. I, I just realized that. There, it got pretty graphic. It got a little graphic. Well, you know what else is graphic? My review of this book. Because you can <laughs> best sum up my thoughts in the form of a limerick. Uh, give it to us. And this one does definitely reference that magic number. This, the ninth book of Flynn, is a slow burn to begin. But the action picks up as Rap runs amok, cutting off dongs with a grin. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, that might be your best one. That might, you, you should you should send that to Kyle. Or write it, like get it, get a nice calligraphy. Write it on a note, send it to him. No, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I kept it the one one limerick because I, I I got that line in there, and I was like, you know what? That's it. I'm just I'm capping it. I'm calling it. You you went out on a high note, man. It's exactly it's good. That, that's a good limerick. That's a good limerick. Man, those interrogations though that rap whips up, they are something else. And he's got good reason to go that far. I gotta say. Yes. So. Well, I think so. If we want to just go right into it, you know, yeah. our theme our theme last week was slow burn, right? You referenced it at the top, and this week the theme that I came up to was uh, not a theme, but as a, so much as a a change of pace in terms of like this is like a train that is was slow <laughs> slowly chugging 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 chugging, and then like it just goes off the rails in the second oh, yeah. half of the book, literally like right after we cut. You know the the chapter we we stopped talking about the next chapter it just starts this nonstop action, you know starting with Irene getting captured, going into Mitch's interrogations, you know then there's this whole like Iranian submarine warfare thing going on which is crazy. You get President Alexander is involved, badass in this part of the of the uh, the book, and then culminating with Rap storming the mosque. I don't want to like jump too far ahead to my winners and losers but like if yeah. the loser is the first half of this book <laughs> it's so true so if true. you if you let, let's say you're a reader who you pick up this book and you're not motivated you know you're just you're just starting yeah i don't and if i'm not invested in like you know i know how these stories work or i just i might not finish it like it, it, it was this is not a good place to begin if you're just picking up rap yeah no no no, no. You get rewarded though for get making it through oh, big the first time. half of the book. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The payoff's there. I like your train example with slow burn. I was thinking of like a candle, right? It's burning slow, it's kind of mellow, but there's this catalyst where that candle lights a fuse. And once that fuse is lit, this second half of the book is like a bomb going off. It's nonstop. So yeah, I like that connection you made. Yes. I mean just let's get into it like kennedy gets taken right that's yes. huge 
Did this book get taken out before Taken, the Ooh, movie? Was that good? Was question. that before what year was, was Taken? Say, I don't know if I'd rather have Rap looking for me or Liam Neeson looking for me. I mean, if the two of them could work together, that'd be pretty baller. That would that would be baller. Oh man, while you looked uh, that up, there's two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. And when was the book? Um two thousand seven. Ooh, Yo, right before they ripped this book off for <laughs> taken. <laughs> Liam Neeson was channeling his inner rap. Because uh, uh, the whole time I'm reading this, I I just got this taken vibe. You know, not mm-hmm. so much, but like rap is really close to Irene. You can mm-hmm. see that, and he even gets referenced by the top brass at the CIA and the Attorney General, who who says he's too close to this and. He, yeah, he is because Irene's like a big sister to him, or you yeah. know, of his his family. And he, well, one, he knows that she's taken. He and he even mentions that you know they have twenty four hours before yeah. the short window. Like, the short window of like when all of these you know people have to be recalled, and then you you know you go even further, and you're literally gonna have to recall every single person in the clandestine service because she has a photographic memory. Yeah, and. What I thought was really interesting was when Irene, we, we finally get to the chapter where Irene is taken and we, we, we get a little bit of in her head. She starts prioritizing, like she literally makes a mm-hmm. list of all the people that she knows, their covers and the importance of them and then flips them. And then so essentially that's the, that's the order she's going to start giving them up, Yeah, like which sucks. Although she does say she puts like at the top of the list, like the people that she suspects are double agents, the people yeah. she suspects are on like- uh, Or that they know, already know. Yeah, or that are on the military payroll or on their payroll, whatever. So yeah. that's that pretty was, crazy that was stuff. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that was really interesting. You know what else that reminded me of when Rap? I think he's on the phone with the president, and we're like testing Alexander, like wondering is he going to really stand by and let Rap do what he's got to do, or is he going to listen to you know some members of his cabinet who are telling him rein him in, and the attorney general who's saying you don't want this on your hands. So we're wondering what Alexander's going to do. And and Rap tells him, you know, we have 24 hours to re- before we have to recall every operative in the clandestine service and basically start our whole intelligence apparatus from the ground up. It reminded me of the last man and the survivor storyline with Joe Rickman. Oh. Remember how nervous Rap and Irene are that Joe Rickman's brain is like a catalog of everything in the yes. CIA, he knows all the black ops inside and out. And it just reminded me of that storyline. I wonder if Vince or then Kyle finishing that storyline had any any idea or, or they were he was trying to reference back to this scene where Kennedy is going through the same thing. Well, now it actually happens with Joe Rickman, kind of. And with, I think in both cases, they also reference, definitely in this book, they reference like a real live situation where the bill buckley character or a character but bill buckley bill bickley who was a cia operative who was taken he was tortured and he sung like a canarian everyone breaks everyone breaks it just matters how long you break so yeah i all right we i guess we jumped a little bit far ahead but just going back to when we last left off we obviously we're building up to this meeting right Mm -hmm. and Rap is over in Iran, and he meets up with this. I like the Stillwell character. I, I think I mentioned it last. last well, they're in Mosul. They're right on the border in Iraq. Oh, they're they're in Iraq, right, right. Um, and there's this scene where Rap can't sleep 
but still well, like just snores and like rap hears like he wakes up with the first gunshot. It's like that was close. And then he wakes up with the second one, is like, oh, that was closer. And then like a bomb goes off. And he's like, and then finally Stillwell like peeks an eye open. And he's like, was that one of, he's like, what was that? He's like, it was one of ours. <laughs> yeah. And he even says, like, maybe we shouldn't do this. To me, you know, and spoiler alert, like our next our next spot is gonna be with someone who actually did executive protection for yeah. the CIA. Like to me, th- that the people, the advanced team wouldn't allow this thing to happen yeah like from the get-go this was doomed to fail they even send part of the advanced team out just to scout the route and i think they make some wrong turns and they're in you know a wrong neighborhood but they get shot up 40 bullet holes coming back to the compound so it's like between that the bombs in the middle of the night would you really risk taking the director of the cia to this high-risk meeting and then let's add this layer the reason she's doing the meeting is because Ashani, the intelligence minister, who we kind of grow to like so far, he's willing to talk to Irene, sounds like he wants to kind of suppress the hardliners in his country, take a more moderate tone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's willing to meet with her, but the demands they give America is no military insight, right. no one but her bodyguards, which you know is only a small, is a handful, right? And they have a couple of other demands, like which neighborhood they want to meet in. They have to use um, Iraqi military or Iraqi police. The police, yeah. Known to be corrupt. Exactly. And I just wonder, and we'll talk to Dave next week, who, who, like you said, worked for the CIA in protecting the the director. Wouldn't you pull the plug? Oh, yeah. No, we're not doing it. And we're definitely not allowing other people to dictate demand. This meeting is... I mean, so I guess, right, this meeting is taken in the backdrop of what happened, you know, the explosion at the nuclear facility and rising tensions, but we know that we didn't do it. It's, I think it's a different thing. The the meeting, you would have to make the meeting work if you actually, if America actually did it. Yeah. You might have to take that risk. You might have to take that risk, but we know, we know we didn't do it. So I'm not, I'm not taking this meeting, this risk with my CIA director, you know? And Rapp doesn't feel good about it. So he is kind of hidden in a separate building with Stillwell and they have um, a group of Kurds. So Stillwell, he's got, you know, his insiders, he's got the boys. And so Rapp's going to really rely on them. But, but Rapp sees, I think it's 250 cals with the local Iraqi police who are supposed to be setting up a perimeter but a perimeter, you would have the guns facing an outside threat Outwards, trying to get in. Yes. They have them pointed straight at the building where Kennedy's meeting. And they turn them to point at the motorcade as she's walking. And Rap sees this as a sign like something's wrong. And even Mukhtar, who, just to recall, is the Hezbollah commander who has been really shady in the background. And Ashani kind of disagrees with and doesn't like that he's such a radical Mukhtar's like, you idiots, turn the guns around. The Americans aren't that dumb. They'll know you're pointing them, you know, the wrong way. And it's right when Rap is thinking, oh, shit, they're pointing these the wrong way. Yeah, but warning bells late. are just going off in his yeah, head yeah. the whole time. He's like, these guys are jumpy. Yep. He's like, what the fuck? Everyone's wearing hoods. Like, I don't even know who's good, who's bad. Yep. Like, and he, he asked still multiple times, who do you trust? He's like, I don't trust anyone but my Kurds. You know, like, yeah. I'm definitely not trusting these police guys. Yeah. Um, the whole situation was just doomed to fail at the start. Exactly. And it culminates with, you know, Irene and Ashani have a 
what he thinks is a fairly productive meeting, offering him yeah. limited uh, diplomatic ties and, and yeah. money to make all these oil reserves. Unfreezing um, assets, you know, billions yeah. of dollars in Iranian assets that will be unfrozen. Yeah. And they go when they go their separate ways, her motorcade is destroyed. They kill all of her people in her detail, execution style that survive. Yep. In front of her. In front of her. And then take her to an underground location to start interrogating her. Yep. Now Rap, seeing all this about to go down, he has the Kurds give him cover fire. He says, Shoot everyone else but me. He runs straight into the action. He's actually before that, he's actually picking guys off from the balcony, so or through a yeah. window. This was a cool action scene, probably the best yeah. action in the in the book. Yeah. By far. Definitely. It got a little muddled. I was trying to figure out who's on what side and because it's a lot happening at once. But then I realized I was muddled reading it in the same way Rap was muddled in the fight, like telling the Kurds, don't shoot me. And then when he's going, he's trying to figure out who's good, who's bad. True. So it's so, like it's putting you in his, in his perspective. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, I kind of felt like I was in his shoes. But it all it all goes to shit when he literally sees Irene get tossed into a car and speeds off and he's too late. So he turns to the nearest guys and needs them alive. And he ends up being able to get three guys alive. And that's going to be really key in his next couple of steps. Yeah, this you know, propels him into his next phase of what what I'm calling, you know, the taken phase where he goes into full Liam Neeson mode and oh, yeah. has to track down how to get her because he knows he only has a certain amount of time. You know, obviously gets pushed back from the government, gets pushed back from like Ridley, Stillwell, or like, what the hell are you going to do? Yep. He doesn't care. Well, and this I, is where the I'm, magic I'm on his side. I'm, I'm on his side in this situation because... The he knows he's gonna one. He even mentions he'll fall on the sword. Yep. And he, he there's a one quote I think you you pulled where he says I will actually stand in front of Congress yes. and for the first time in my life I will tell them the truth. That wouldn't you want if if your if your sorry ass was over there? Wouldn't you want me doing everything in my my capability to prevent you from being tortured? Yes. Giving up information. And these interrogation scenes are. Dude, I, I don't know which ones are better. Like these ones are the ones that he does in um, Memorial Day. Yeah, like, oh, this in, this is to another level, though. I feel. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I that's mean, that's that's for a nuke to save like millions of people. This is for just one person, but it's 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 more than one person. But too. this one's more personal. Oh yeah, and this definitely. one. All right, first off, we gotta get to this magic number because I'm wondering. <laughs> What does Rap want with a bunch of dead bodies dead in bodies. a cell? So yeah. Rap's like, have your Kurds go round up as many dead bodies as he can, strip them naked, throw them in a cell, pile them on top of each other. And then he says, get me a camera. And the guy's like, you want Polaroid or digital? He goes, Polaroid. He wants immediate footage of a bunch of dead bodies piled up. But what he really wants is a photograph of them all castrated. Because he goes in to the room with these three guys and they're not really talking. They're not cooperating. And what gets their attention is when he says, Oh, you want your 72 virgins? Well, they're not going to want you because you're not going to have a working organ. And so he starts playing these psychological games with them saying what he's going to do. It gets so bad. He goes into the room of the dead bodies, cuts off three, uh, uh, appendages, let's say, 
Yes. And yes. he just opens the door and tosses them in with the prisoners. Just lets him sit on the floor in one room. In another room, he puts it on a guy's chest as he's tied down. He just he just drops these dongs into the room. <laughs> the the imagery here, but like actually, I think he only does he only actually cut off one man, like one ball of one man who's living. So the dead guys, he cuts off three, one in each room with the prisoners okay. for them to. to but stew does he it. actually harm any of the prisoners? He do, so he harms the one, and then let me see if I have the quote for this. Um, it involved He's flinging. All right, here it is. I have it. <laughs> Oh, no, I, I don't have the exact words, but he flings the guy's nut to the wall with the flick of a knife. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that, that was that one. <laughs> and so, he says, if you don't start talking, I'll, or he goes, I fling the left one off. If you don't start talking, I'm going to the right. <laughs> to be honest, he's actually pretty efficient with his interrogation tactics. Oh, yes. And, you know, not too much collateral damage, you know, so... I think I'll take those odds if I was on the Senate, you know, Intelligence Committee <laughs> or, yeah. or House Intelligence Committee. He threatens the other one by putting that knife right right down around that, that region. And he gets a few to talk. I think the main thing he gets is Mukhtar's name. Well, he gets that one of the guys a lot is of information. Iranian Special Iranian. Forces. He's Quds Force. And so Rap is like, holy shit, I thought this guy was like a Syrian or something. And so, or Palestinian. Turns out he's from Iran so Rap's like what are they doing in this you know what they took so he's like he even says tell the president I'm 98% sure Iran was behind the kidnapping of Kennedy mm-hmm. um, so that's that's key information and then also he finds out that there was a mastermind who was directing them what to do and one of the guys is like I don't know who he was just told us we're taking some banker they they told the um the grunts that they're they're taking a banker because they know they would never cooperate. The local police would have never cooperated in taking the you know director of the CIA. But they find out there's another mastermind, and Rap is still trying to get the name of this guy, which we know is Mukhtar. Right. And then we find out, because he actually is able to capture Mukhtar's second-in-command. Yeah, um, Dadarshi. Yeah, who, you know, finally he's able to... That I don't know if he's getting gets gets information out of him or there's like one point where he's the guy is going hysterical because he's worried about if Rap cuts off his you know anyways um, organ or organ if you know will it reappear um, <laughs> there were some interesting lines in in that whole section but there's another one he he threatens a guy he says do you have a girlfriend and the guy's like yeah and he goes is she beautiful yeah and he goes beautiful Persian woman well. She's not going to want to marry someone with no penis. <laughs> and that's when the guy starts talking. He sings like a canary. Yeah. But anyways, he's able to get all this information and, you know, find out one, who's behind this and two, you know, potentially information to, for them to lean on in order to potentially find Irene. And then next he starts thinking, wait, was a Shani involved a Shani. in this. If exactly. these are Iranians, was was he somehow involved in this? And then that's how he will then contact him and go down that route. But before we get to Shani and his side, let's just touch on, you know, he obviously brings this information to the president that he's 98% sure that Iran was involved with Irene's taking. Yep. Well, there's also something else that the president has had to deal with. Yep. Um, and that is 
it's kind of it kind of comes out of nowhere a yep. little bit where we cut to this one chapter on a the USS Virginia, right? Which yep. is uh you know our one of our top class of submarines that's trolling around the Strait of Hormuz and is tasked to follow, I guess, what would be Iran's best uh, submarine. Yep. And the submarine is like freaking out and doing like a bunch of weird stuff. Also, like all the Iranian, because obviously they, they're on high alert. Yeah, the Iranian um, Navy is on high alert because they put the statement out that if America didn't claim that they blew up the nuclear facility, they were going to cut off the Strait of Hormuz, right? Yeah. Um, but they're like, what is this? What is this uh, submarine doing? Like, yeah. why is it acting like this? Captain Hallberg is the captain who who ends up being pretty awesome. He says it's the most aggressive posturing he's seen from Iran in twenty years. So you got a vet in charge of this nuclear sub who's been around the block, and he's never seen activity like this. I mean, that's that that's cluing us in that something's on the horizon. But it was very. Different feel, like you said. It, we it was it was an odd feeling switching to this chapter out of nowhere, but it was so cool because I think Vince is doing something entirely new. We haven't seen much naval action besides maybe transfer power has a scene when Rap is landing at Bandar Abbas for that first kill. Um, a little bit in uh, executive power when they come in on the Philippines. They're storming the beach in the Philippines, but we don't see much of like actual naval ships um, chasing one another, tracking one another, you know, using sonar. And so Captain Hallberg is is closing in on the sub, and then one of his guys goes, Cap, torpedo door's opening. It's like, what? And they have sonar tapes, and they're listening to this Iranian sub open its torpedo uh, gates and fire. And the, and this, this, this uh, submariner at the station is like, you know, brace for impact in seven, six, and he starts counting down. And as soon as the torpedo hits, it actually hits a ship, an Iranian. Um, is it? I don't know if it was a, it's a cargo ship. It's a frigate. Okay. So they sink their own warship. And Hallberg is like, what the hell? I've never seen anything like this. It turns out they're going to blame them on uh, for doing right. it, for sinking right. this Iranian ship. And... They're actually lucky that this the USS Virginia has footage captured the and, tape, um, yeah. sonar tapes of of all that. You know, yep. eventually that'll be how the president's able to explain this away. Yeah, dude, you you want to know something crazy? I did a sure. little research. I mean, you put me on the spot last time with my Iranian <laughs> uh, history and politics, but I actually, I, actually found I looked it up after you looked this up. I looked it up today. So like. This is how Iranian politics go. You have the supreme leader who is sur- surpasses yeah. everybody. Mm-hmm. You have the ayatollahs below him, which are mainly cleric, but they have like some sort of sway. Uh, and then obviously there's a president. Um, and then under the president, there are a bunch of ministers. Ministry, you know? so yeah. there's the, uh, the, but the supreme leader is the head of state. So it's like, it's kind of like the British monarchy, but if the monarch still had something. You know, if it still had, had some it, power. If it still had some power, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did my research on some recent events involving the the Persian Gulf and the Gulf of Oman. And, dude, this is, again, Vince getting it right. So we just said this book was, what, 2007? In 2019, four ships were sabotaged in waters of the UAE, so Emirati waters. 
And Bolton accused Iran, because saying we had intelligence, that they hit up two Saudi ships, a Norwegian ship, and a ship from the, the UAE. It was a big international incident. Then in 2020, Iranian warships accidentally fired on one another. And this happens all the time, apparently, with them. They sunk one of their own ships training in the Gulf of Oman. They killed 19 of their own sailors and injured 15 in friendly fire, just accident during a training. And then this might be the funniest one. August 2020, they were trying to show some bravado in a mock battle. So they they actually had a mock U.S. aircraft carrier, and it was supposed to be reusable. So they would take it into the Strait of Hormuz, and they do all these crazy scenarios and make propaganda videos of the Iranian ships circling this mock U.S. aircraft carrier. The problem was they actually sunk it in a training, which was an accident and not supposed to happen. And they sunk it in one of the shallowest, most narrow parts of the Strait of Hormuz. So you have major shipping routes, major military routes or naval routes for their own ships even. And for a while, people were worried you couldn't get through the strait because they sunk this mock aircraft carrier just to put on a show. And so there's all this debris and this vessel blocking a very narrow narrow and shallow waterway. And it's like, idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Well, something we also, we forgot to mention from last time, the Natanz Iranian facility... Right? You were telling me this offline. Dude, I looked that up too. Vince got this right. So he got the naval stuff right, what, 2007 to 2020, 13 years later. And then in in 2010 was Stuxnet, uh, which was which was pretty crazy, this uh, worm that the Israelis made. Well, most people believe the Israelis made it. And it was a digital sabotage that ended up overloading computers, 200,000 computers running nuclear enrichment facilities in Iran. And a computer virus took down one-fifth of their centrifuges. So that was one attack. But there was also a physical attack in July of 2020. Yeah, in Natanz, which was another one of the main uranium enrichment sites, it exploded out of nowhere. All the evidence pointed to a physical attack, an actual bomb that was placed there. Some say it was a gas explosion. They tried to claim it was another Israeli cyber attack. But it seems that the Israelis did get an actual physical bomb to blow up the site. And here's the crazy part. We're talking 13 years after Protect and Defend. There was a rumor trying to blame it on an Iranian dissident group. The same way in the book, Rap pegs the explosion on the MEK. There's this group of Iranian dissidents called the Homeland Panthers or the Homeland Cheetahs in some translations. And they were and, and some were claiming that they were responsible for this bombing. I'm like, this this has elements straight out of protect and defend. Right. It's crazy. Right. Uh, over a decade it's, later. It's amazing how often these these authors are able to predict things or, you know, think of ideas that aren't that off of reality. Not far yet. off, yeah. So yeah. That's crazy stuff, though. When I was reading some of those articles, I was like, <laughs> there's no way it's that specific. You know, I knew about these attacks and different things, but the specificity of Iran blowing up one of its own warships in the Strait of Hormuz and Israel being blamed for blowing up one of their facilities, but there's also a rumor that it was a dissident group. Like The specificity is exactly from this <laughs> right. book. And that's, like you said, 13 years prior, so... I, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. 
All right, we're we're pretty much leading up though to rap saving the day. I guess you could you can say right, right. So eventually, after all the interrogations, he's able to. He realizes he needs to pressure Ashani first yeah. to figure out if he was involved, and second, if he's not involved, can he help us? You know, get Irene back. And so they go through. He finally gets him on the phone call. And Rep, I think, even mentions to the president that he he's genu- genuinely sounded like he didn't know what was going on. Exactly. And he actually gives Rap Mukhtar's name, right? Because yeah. all, all they knew was that there was a leader from Hezbollah there, right? Yeah. Um, I thought that was in- interesting that, and I think you even mentioned it in the last pod, that man, the, the uh, Rob Ridley, right, who's the deputy station chief uh or no deputy like director of like near east or far east division whatever wouldn't he know what Mukhtar looked like yeah but they said that they didn't have they had an old picture but to me in my mind right if i don't know who that person is obviously they were able to get a picture of him when he picked up ashani from the airport i'm having my analysts run that exactly immediately you know i thought that was a cop out i'll be honest that might be my only loser of this half of the book, a couple of things didn't check out because they basically wrote it off as, oh, we don't have a picture of one of these top Hezbollah commanders. Are you shitting me? The Israelis at least would have that information and share it with us, and we would want that too. So I I don't think this Mukhtar was an anonymous guy, one. But the second one is... While Kennedy is in the cell, Mukhtar mm-hmm. comes in to play good cop. You know, he chases yes. away the guards. What are you doing to her? Protect her. Tells her, I'm here to help you. I'm on your side. I'm trying to get, you know, uh, negotiate for your release. You got to understand it's hard. But he, he plays good cop, right? He brings her a blanket, lets her put her clothes back on. But I'm like, one, she has this photographic memory. So the CIA should have had a photo on this guy. And two... He pulled her out of the motorcade. But he's wearing a wearing a hood. He was wearing a hood, but I think Kennedy is smart enough. She'd know the motions. She'd know his body size. There'd be telling features. She was wearing a hood. No, when they first pulled her out. Mm. She also just saw... She's in, shock. She's, shot. in shock. she's in shock. She's in shock. She just saw all of her bodyguards get executed. And she's... Who knows? Like, because those guys have obviously been beating her. So I know she's not wearing a hood when she's pulled out of the motorcade. True, because true. she there's a line where Mukhtar says, "I couldn't believe how brazen she was. I just shot all her bodyguards, and you know, read her the riot act about right, taking her, right, and she stared right. at me with a blank face. And I don't think that blank face was shock. It, of course, she's shocked. That blank face was, "I'm not giving this guy a read." No, um, she even says that, that I'm nervous. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know. I have a hard time believing she wouldn't recognize him when he comes into the cell, all you know, pampered up to play good cop. I, I believe that she wouldn't know who he may, may not know who he is. Um, but he took her. He fucking took her. Really like, no, like that he is Mukhtar, like the head of. Sure. You know, but I think he she would know. Irene's better than that. She would have some like that this one like because it does kind of seem the way Vince writes it that she sort of goes along with sort of buying his act exactly she never she we never get an internal dialogue with her saying that oh i'm just saying this but i know even if you know this is this is all fake you know she like 
it, it makes her seem that oh she believes his the story of he's the good cop coming in and they're the exactly. bad cops type thing uh, that was a little weak to me. I, yeah. I'll agree with that. She does refuse to read the statement, though, and the way she it rationalizes is. it is also pretty cool. Like they want her to make a statement saying the U.S. hit the facility, right? We blew up the Isfahan nuclear facility and mm-hmm. say some other things about American aggression and basically apologize and all this. And and Mukhtar tries telling her, look, once you read it, you can go out later and say it was all false. You did it under duress and you take it back. So you'll have time to backtrack it. And Kennedy goes, no, they're going to kill me. And once they kill me, that was my final word. That's what's going to go down in the history books as fact. And I'll never have a chance to convince the world, essentially, that it was a lie. So she says, I'm not going to do it. And that's when Mukhtar flips a switch and says, you have one hour. No, that's when the deadline. So thinking about the train, you know, slowly picking up that steam or that candle burning down to light the fuse. When Mukhtar says, you have one hour before I let these guys line up and and pretty much, you know, gang rape you and then we kill you. That's when it's like shit hit the fan, which coincides with Rap gathering the intel. So Mm -hmm. Rap is picking up pace right when Kennedy gets the ultimatum. And we have a third piece. We haven't really gone back to Washington yet. Alexander kicks it into gear. Yeah, so... uh... And this is going to be, this is my winner of the book, President Alexander. First of all, he comes out in the first half and brings Mitch in and wants to unleash him, like realizes he's an asset. Two, when, and I like, I also kudos to Defense Secretary England. Mm -hmm. And Wicca. And Wicca. But when Rap is asking for time to do what he needs to do, the president, one, England, like sort of, uh, isolates the president, you know, protects him a little bit, but he says, you have 20, Alexander says, all right, you have 24 hours, do what you got to do. And three has this press conference of all press yep. conferences where he lays out all the facts. He actually like goes against his chief of staff, chief of staff. It goes yep. against the, the joint chiefs. Like, cause he says that do this. Yeah. I'm going to let people inspect these tapes, you know, other countries, Russia, China, England to see that we didn't sink the ship. Uh, and also let you know that, oh, we were meeting uh, people from Iran. Like we, we were meeting. We were working Iranian... diplomatic back channels. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what Irene was doing there. Mm-hmm. And that actually, you no, know, they have like, what he gave them a time ultimatum. He gave an them an hour ultimatum. or yep. two hours to return Irene, right? Yep. So there's slowly picking up pace, not like in the beginning and then boom, boom, boom. And you're building in all these chapters. I just, I yep. blitzed. Like I was listening to it, I just, yep. In, I don't know. I finished the the second half of the book in like half a day. Yeah, you couldn't audiobook. stop at this point. No, no. Not he even at all. says it was so good. He says we are going to bomb the hell out of Iran. He, he right. literally says we have all these sites, the leadership, naval bases, and and people on the inside are like. So earlier in the first half of the book, Rap and Irene were like, Iran might actually be serious about doing this because everyone was like, oh, it's saber rattling, right? And they're like, no, they might be serious about kicking out the U.S. Fifth Fleet. They might be serious about activating their navy to shut down the Strait of Hormuz. Well, now it's Alexander's turn to go on the offensive and say, no, we're serious. And I I feel like if we didn't fight fire with fire, this could have ended up a whole lot worse. If we had – a wishy-washy president, more isolationist, was nervous, take a like detente approach. 
this could have gone south because the Iranians weren't messing. They needed someone. And this is what Rap understands, why he's the expert in the region. He understands there's only one way to deal with bullies. And Alexander, thankfully, is willing to deal with the bullies. Yep. Yeah. And so Ashani finally you know, gives Rap this information, gives him even cell phone numbers that he got from the president who's been in cahoots with Mukhtar the whole time. And Rap isolates this location of this mosque, the central mosque. Even though he wants to, he can't send the military in there because they would literally crumple, you know, they would bring holy hell on yep. a lot of places. So using Stillwell's clerical uh, clerical robes, he, he gets in. And this was another cool action scene, him like yep. uh, going into the, uh, he goes into the school, I think a school that's attached, right? And then they come in like this guise that they're going to donate money and takes out one bodyguard, takes out another. And then and actually this part of the book, like, again, it just was like very fast. I had to actually yeah. go back and re-listen to this again to see Same. Like, who, wh- how he's doing it. And then wait, did he get Mukhtar? Did Mukhtar escape? Like what, what, what the heck happened? Well, it's this weird thing where Rap is hearing the audio in his ear of Marcus. Right. Marcus is tracing the phone call. And Marcus patches in the phone call. And Rap hears Mukhtar give the order. You know, he's about to give the order to kill them. And that's the exact moment where Rap picks up a radio off a dead guard and holds down the, the button. And so he cuts off Mukhtar's order. So he buys himself a precious, like, maybe 20 seconds by holding right. down and cutting off the radio order to kill him. And that's the same time Mukhtar is at the other side of the courtyard rushing over. Rap hears him in his ear and also hears him across the courtyard on the phone. And just just because, like this confluence of events. Because he got a phone call from like the, there was that whole scene where like the Supreme Leader and his best buddy comes back and oh yeah they actually shoot the the general who came up with the idea to sink the ship. And yeah. he's he tells the president, what was his name? President um, uh, Amatullah. Um, Amatullah, yeah. That you need to get Irene back. And so he's on the phone with Mukhtar. And Mukhtar's like, no, I'm not. I'm doing it. So, like, that whole, like, cutting back and forth. And I'm like, uh, as I'm listening to it, it was it was crazy. Like, what am yeah. I listening to? But it was cool. It was, it was a cool, like, you know, sort yep. of cutting you in between the scene between two different things. Yep. And there's another cool detail on that because we didn't know which side the Supreme Leader was on. Like there was this higher authority, which could have taken a Shani side and played nice with the Americans or could have been pulling the strings with Amatullah and letting him do all this and letting it get this far. Well, like you said, I think it's whatever their version of a chief of staff or one of the, 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 the operatives or pawns of the Supreme Leader comes in, points a gun straight at the president's head and says, I'm not fucking around. Were you behind all this? <laughs> right. And the president tries to pawn it off on Ashani saying, on Ashani, no, Ashani yep. hired Mukhtar. He's the mastermind. And it looks like Ashani's going to get shot. And then he's like, I have proof. Check Ashani's pockets. He's got phone numbers for Mukhtar and a phone that he's been using to contact Mukhtar. And Ashani just starts laughing. <laughs> and he goes, I do have that list of numbers in my pocket. I do have it. And it looks like he's about to get blamed for all this and he goes but it's not in my handwriting and it's the handwriting of Amatullah and that's right. when the supreme leader is on Ashani's side and uh, forces Amatullah to let Kennedy go 
Yeah, and, and cool Rap stuff. gets Kennedy. Rap gets yep. Kennedy. But uh, Mukhtar gets away. Yes. So unlike the last book where, you know, the person, one of the people get from the plot gets away and Rap has to then tie up loose ends in the second book, which we also had in the beginning. I forgot about that. It was at the beginning of this book. Stu Garen, yeah. Um, what did you think about the epilogue and the oh, kill on Mukhtar? A little bit of a letdown for me. Yeah? It was a little cookie cutter. I mean, Rap randomly tracks Mukhtar. The Iraqi police already took him into custody. Rap covers up the security camera. And then he basically chokes him out. Like, he just puts a belt around his neck, chokes him out. And I couldn't... I went to read and it And I think he, he makes it makes it look like a suicide, I think. He makes it look like suicide, but it's something like... He's just dangling from a table. And he pulls the chair out. I'm like, how is it a suicide if it's only the height of a table? I It, it just... He didn't land for me. I don't know if I read something wrong. He like basically, okay, he goes in, finds him, didn't even have to capture him, chokes him out, leaves him there. I'm like, okay. I don't know why I did. I felt like this epilogue didn't, this book is not that long. So it didn't need to be this short. Like, yeah, it's not like we needed to wrap this up that quickly. I also wanted, um, I wanted a little more debrief with, Irene just to like mm-hmm. you know we get that little scene with Ashani and you know how she's still unsettled and whatnot yeah but I don't know it was just like oh he got her and then you know it's kind of like in a movie where like I guess in a hostage scene where you get him and then you just have this like really quick sign and then boom there rolls like the you know some sort of cheesy music at the end you know exactly like a, it, a dinner it felt a just dinner, like that yeah like a dinner after after you know it's like a week later or something. Yeah. And then you just, you roll credit to me. Whereas I wanted something a little more, a little, a little more toothsome out of the epilogue. But you know, we said the same thing with transfer of power when the white house does get retaken and we do free president Hayes and it just kind of ended. Right. Although yeah. that epilogue was better because rap actually has to hunt disease. Right. And rap killing Aziz is like baller. He busts into the house. He shoots two guys. He tumbles. You know, he takes this dive. He rolls, gets on one knee, shoots Aziz's hand. Like that was action. And rap hunted him and found something him. more like that here. Uh, me too. Yeah. This one just rap walks into a building, says, "Oh, thanks for capturing him," and he's already there in a cell, and he chokes him. I'm like, okay. I yeah. guess Vince didn't want to repeat himself, but um, yeah, yeah, no. I don't know. He gets him. He gets him in the end. He, I think. He so I, Vince does write it off as poetic justice. Sure. Being so quick or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I read a line, and I, the way I read that line was that Vince was trying to explain away sort of the laissez-faire approach he took to getting, you know, tying up the loose ends in, in this case, as opposed mm-hmm. to having like some sort of long, you know, yeah, just do it nice and situation. quick, put a bow on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're right. I would have liked so. uh, Kennedy and Rap to debrief her to talk a little bit about what it was like. Just a pa- like a page or something. Maybe a know, couple just pages back yeah. and forth. Maybe maybe they talk about it in the next book. Yeah, I guess it? I don't remember exactly, but Irene's recovery is going to have to play a role in the beginning somehow. It has to. Yeah. You know, we talked about last book where the one thing I remembered was the the attack on the motorcade. Yep. The one thing I remembered from this book, I actually didn't remember it was in this book, but I remembered Irene gets taken at some exactly. point. At some point, um, exactly. And as soon as I started reading, I was like, oh, wait, it's this one where she gets taken, you know? Like, yep. so. 
Yeah. It's a pretty traumatic event. Well, there's the book. Yeah, that's the book. So, all right. Let's wrap it up here. I kind of already said my winners and losers. Uh, Same, yeah. But what, what, who did you think won this, won this, won this one? You're right. It was Alexander. I mean, uh, we don't know what we're getting anytime there's a transition and a new president. And uh, this is Alexander's coming out party. There's not much page time with him, but basically he packs a lot of punch with the time right. he gets. Every line he says, every conversation he's in, it sheds light on his character and his leadership in a way that you can get behind. And so I think every moment with him is a winner. And it's also, so we were sort of left with this interesting feeling from the last book because one, his wife was just killed, but his wife was also like this, a cheater. And so Mm -hmm. even though we know that he probably wasn't involved with it, you were sort of left with this idea, like who is this, who is this newcomer? We just had Hayes. Yeah. Uh, but I think, boom, Vince quickly changes it and like, no, this he's going to be just like Hayes. He's going to exactly. use Mitch. Yeah. So and I, and I really enjoyed that. What a great time to cover this because we know Kyle Mills likes putting rap in new scenarios. And so I did want to go back and look at the transition because rap's going to have a new president in Enemy at the Gates. And I wanted to know, is this really new territory for rap? Because here rap had a pretty easy time gelling with and you know getting into the into the know with this president and basically being on the same team so yeah i think kyle's got a big task to put mitch in a new situation when that doesn't happen it's going to be the complete opposite of of these last two books exactly so true so it is in terms of that dynamic yeah Yeah. loser i mean we talked about first half right (laughs) yeah the loser is the fact that we didn't get more of the like nuclear facility and like the plot. And I wanted a little bit more of that, you know, like the Israeli what, spy the story that the sport, the story that could have been there, you know, but yeah, exactly. Exactly. The submarine thing, just, just to loop back, oh, yeah. the submarine was a big winner. That was something new for Vince and it hit, it landed very, uh, like reminded me of reading like hunt for red October, you know, drawing some, some clanciness. I wanted a map, man, of these routes and they're hiding yeah, behind shipping cool. containers, like tankers to like pass by and like not get noticed. And then they're like keeping pace, you know, behind each other. So they're just far enough out to not get detected. I thought that was really cool. I like the tech specs. I wanted like a visual of that. Yeah, for exactly. Sure. Exactly. I wanted. It's one of those times where I wanted to see it. Yep. All right. So what would you rate this book, Mike? <sighs> All right. Well, you know our rating system here is always in motion, so it's consider always fluctuating. This my first draft of of ratings. I was a little down on this book. I don't think it would jump anywhere near the top ten. Maybe not even the top half. I'm gonna have to say it probably is sitting in the bottom third of all rap books for me. And uh, I went with a C plus a seven. If it was just the second half, I am way higher than that. But as a whole <laughs> composed book and story start to finish, 7.0. How about you? I'm I'm higher than you. And I think this is firmly in the beginning, I was like, oh, this is this is gonna be down at the bottom with the executive power. But I, I think it's in the in the middle third. And it, it's at the bottom of the middle third, but I think it's in the middle third. I think it's it's just it's this one and Act of Treason are 
uh, I feel like are fairly comparable. Yeah. So I gave it I gave it a B minus eight point three. So okay. that's my score. I considered when I was writing the episode notes in the description, publishing the podcast. I usually write some fluffy thing, give a little recap, a little hint at how we felt about the book, what cool stuff happened. I almost just wrote in this episode we cover protect and defend. It's a book by Vince <laughs> Flynn. <laughs> That's all. Oh, I was so man. down on it at first. <laughs> it's really interesting these four books like just don't for some reason don't stick in my head. Yeah. This uh, this stretch yeah. between consent and American Assassin don't stick in my head. Yeah. For those two being such titans and you know like masters of the thriller we get this kind of fluff in the middle that well act of treason we we both were surprised by how good it was in the end but yeah it's not super memorable you're right all right well it's that time let's get to it we have to talk about our the covers okay so we posted on social media and from instagram most people said a which is the OG. It's a Classic. waving flag. We, we, we think we've had another one that was a waving flag. Was the last one a waving flag too? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, <laughs> they just repurposed. It was like a different portion of the flag. They just moved the screenshot uh, or cropped it, different portion of the flag waving. Yeah. Um, I like, personally, me, I like B, which I'm guessing this is, it's um, would be Irene's motorcade. Yep. With a flag waving through like the the picture, you could the use reflection. this actually. If you, yeah, the reflection. You could use this for the last book too. I uh, to be honest. <laughs> Absolutely, cool composition too. You know, the dark black of the motorcade at the bottom, the really vibrant red, white, and blue reflection in the mirrors, and then a clear white like blinding sky above. So, kind of cool. Also, surprising favorite on Instagram is C. Oh, I thought you were say E. No, I don't think I got anyone that liked D. I got a e few people a that, Twitter were, favorite. that were interested. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So what is it? It's um, someone looking from like, Ar- would it be Arlington? Like Probably. And I'm guessing that's that's our running man, right? That's the the running man version, standing man. because That's the standing man. That's the standing man. Because yeah. he's looking over the Capitol, hands in pockets, very pensive. And very dark, foggy colors. Like, everything is blurry in a fog. Standing on, like, a, a mound or a hill. So, yeah, Arlington's a good guess. Although he's too close to the Capitol building for it to be Arlington without seeing the other monuments first. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, pretty cool with very ominous clouds. These dark blues. Right. Um, clouds in the sky. So, pretty dark cover. E. But I had a f- couple people that liked our Powerline series one. See, really, and it's the first one that doesn't have, or it might not be the first one, but it it doesn't have power lines. But it looks like is that like cold weather or is that is that like a desert? Well, it's it always an empty desert. field. It's always some f- sort of uh, you know scrub, desert scrub. I would say so. Two geographic classifications here for this the could be this could be Mosul. I, this is like the first one I could I could I could believe. It could be outside Mosul, looking towards the Iranian border, wondering where the motorcade went. That's possible. One one might also describe this as a step climate, step geography, which would also be the Central Asian region. So <laughs> you're onto something there. Okay. Okay. With the with the mountains in the background, so that that that's plausible. 
Yeah, this is like the first time where we have that line of book covers that I actually believe that it could be the cover of this book, you know, from like based on the plot. Maybe the location, but come on, this dude's got a pistol in his hand pointed <laughs> at the ground wearing an overcoat. Like he, he's just wearing an overcoat looking at an empty field. Nah, there were mad dudes there. There were dead bodies. They were in a dense urban area when it happened so why would he have gone outside of the city standing in the middle of a road with a gun with nobody around i don't buy it yes the geography could be placed there sure but this dude just standing in the middle of the road looking at nothing with a gun drawn there's no reason for it absolutely no reason for it and <laughs> maybe there's it's a random the advanced light. team the advanced team i don't no, know they ain't walking around they're in the, there you know they're in the uh the suburbans there's a light in True. the background, which, hold on, there's like a flash of light in the very far background. Do you see that? Yes. That could be a transformer of a power line. Oh, like, so, I think it's a house. I think it's a house. No, nah, man. That's a transformer that just blew. So there are power lines back there in the distance. Oh. You just can't see them. We need a high-res picture. Oh, I do like the little thing. It says the hunt is on. So that that's playing right, that's up cool. on, the, uh, on the, the Taken thing. So Yeah, that's cool. Which, uh, but then again, that's like the last 30% of this book. I wish it could have been more of it, you know? Um, Honestly, I would have put, like, this scene. I, I, like, see, I'm not, uh, this, is, this is why I'm not the art director at, at a, uh, you know, Simon and Schuster. If you were to ask me, I think I would put, like, the scene of the cafe and having, you don't, you don't have to, like, you could just have like cars outside of a cafe where like Kennedy have, meets. Have, have Irene's, have mm -hmm. Irene's car, and then have like these other vehicles that are. Dude, um, that's H. That's why I like H. Oh yeah, that, H yeah no, definitely that's has H. These cars in the background, they're all blurred out, so the stuff is definitely in motion. And there's a dude actually looks like wearing tactical gear, with a gun drawn, not just in his hand pointing it at the ground, but like drawn up in position, like definitely taking aim. To me. That's rap jumping into the fray during the Kennedy right. and Ashani meeting, you know, trying to get the motorcade, but they're just getting away. So I think that was awesome. And it's the Bengali version. Pretty Sweet. cool. I have no idea why, but we've got Bengali characters and it's green. Just tinted green looks awesome. So I think that cover and a couple of people like that one on Twitter. Actually, I really think only one person mentioned, one or two people <laughs> mentioned it. But man, H, it fits. It's got these Bengali characters with which I'm jiving with. They're just pretty sweet, um, and it's green. I think green is is pretty cool looking here. So uh, I'm high on H and the classic, of course. I like A. A is awesome. But that's A is too boring. Like it was good. They literally used it for the last one. That's know? true. In that case, B. Uh, yeah, B's B's a better version of that, and the ones that put like the Capitol building in it or a, a scene in DC, like is Mitch even in DC? Like until the end of this book? I don't think anything written. Yeah, he goes to Langley at the end. No, I don't he, think no, so. he like flies in from killing Stu Garrett and meets it on Air Force like uh, Air Force oh, One at, at um, Andrews, Andrews, and then immediately flies to Israel. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Like, there's. Man. I, that's why I, H. That's why H is the winner. No, that's why H is H is the winner. H or B or the the you know the the motorcade one. Exactly. Yep. Nice. So. All right. Some good covers there. Yeah. Well, weren't the worst. Weren't the best. Yeah. Cover C. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. That would you agree with me? That's the best cover C. No, absolutely not. Hundred percent no. That's not the best version of a no. cover C. Like, nope. To me, they they at least got the geography right. So nope. I'll, I'll give them that. Nope, that is definitely not the best one. You know, it's sad. A lot of people have that copy. A lot of a lot of people have that because I think it's like a mass market paperback version that came out recent. So. Oh really? I, the B I know is the mass market I've seen the most of, which was I think oh, okay. the original mass market paperback was B. Gotcha. And then E E is pretty common. That's a line you see a lot of. I think yeah. that's a later yeah. publication of the mass market. So, anyways, cool. Well, that's uh, protect and defend. Protect and defend. And speaking of protect and defend, next time you see us, we will be meeting up with an expert in that very subject. We have a former head of CIA Protective Detail, uh, Dave Austin, who is also now an author. Two books. Of two books. Uh, one of them is Drone Strike. The other one is... Tehran's Vengeance. Tehran's Vengeance. Yeah, Drone Strike is the second one, right? Drone yeah. Strike is the second one. Just came out this past December. So totally yeah. recommend it. Yeah, so hope we'll be putting that out in about a week or so. So be on the lookout for that. Again, we have to thank our patrons, including our special operator, Sherry F., our special agents, George, Matt, Don, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, and Jeff. We said at the top, I'll say it again, subscribe, rate, and review us, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Find us at MitchRapPod.com or at MitchRapPod, Instagram, and Twitter. And as always, just let Mitch be Mitch. Just a disclaimer, this podcast is not affiliated with Vince Flynn, Kyle Mills, or Simon & Schuster, but thank you to them for bringing us the wonderful world of rap. And the music soundtrack is Guerrilla Tactics by Raphael Crooks.